Fox, we back for episode five. How you feeling? I feel great. Episode five, y'all. You get any feedback on four yet? Oh, yeah. I got a lot of great feedback. Great. Yeah. Shout out to everybody who sent me messages and those who hit up the email. We really appreciate it. Glad you guys are liking it. All right, all right, all right. Welcome to Uncle Legend's Corner. I'll be your host, Uncle Legend. And with me, the always beautiful Call Girl 6, a.k.a. Fox. <laughs> hey, y'all. All right, Fox, let's go ahead and dive right into it. I'm already excited about this podcast. And then you done tried to finagle in and get us in a surprise episode. You know, know what I'm saying? You know, you know. Putting in some work, putting I in like some work. So let's get right into it. Talking about the Olympics. Oh wow! Right after yeah. the right, you know, what I mean, we ain't too far removed from the Fourth of July. You know, what I mean, yeah. make you think of the Olympics because you know the U.S. would be stacking that gold and shit. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. Shakari, so, uh, yeah, Shakari Richardson. So, ah, uh, so it was very sad for me to know that she popped positive for marijuana. And for those of you who don't know, Sha'Carri Richardson, um, record holder right now, 100 meters um, for um, her signature race. So she was all over headlines for the races that she's run prior to this whole thing happening with her. And was definitely looking forward to seeing her in these Olympics coming up here. And unfortunately, she popped for marijuana and so once she popped for marijuana, of course, that she placed her on suspension. And they were talking about, well, she's not going to do her signature race. She's going to do her. Um, she's going to be a part of a four-by-one team. Nope, that's not going to happen either. They rejected her. They didn't select her for it. You could just call it the relay. All of us ain't run track in high school and college, Fox. Oh, my bad. <laughs> so I feel double-edged sword for me with this topic, right? One, amazing young lady. I feel for her that she made the decision, which I use the words why I use the words carefully about. She made the decision to do that. Now, get it? I understand she went through a traumatic experience. I think she said she lost her mother. So yeah, she was getting ready for an interview, and someone else came to her from the press and told her was like, "Yo, your mom just died," and she's like, "What?" Let's like, talk about this shitty reporter, <laughs> right? For starters, like she about to do an interview, she about to do all this, about to do a race. Yeah. It's kind of like Precious you know something on. that we'll do in the military when you deployed or something like that. You got a lot of weight on your shoulders. Sometimes we just ain't gonna tell you, especially if we can't do nothing about it. Ain't nothing gonna change. It's like it ain't exactly the right answer, but you gotta you gotta know your people. So we'll say like, hey, um, you know, I know it was three weeks ago, but such and such died because you don't know what people can handle, right? So one. Mm-hmm. Screw the reporter, right? Dickhead. But, and it's a dumb rule, right? Like, ain't nobody running fast on weed. Yeah, I, when I heard it, I'm like, wait, man, wait. She should be slower, actually. I so, imagine if she wasn't. Now, if, on. now, if they said she was doing, like, crack or meth or some shit, like, if she was doing meth, it'd be like, all right. Speed. Yeah. Hey, man, it'd be like, man she, she beat Usain Bolt. Like, yeah, she out here on meth. Like, that'd be something different. But, unfortunately, what it is is that rules are the rules, right? So, yeah. I don't. I find it hard to believe that she didn't know that that was against the rules. Like I don't think she right. got high 
So according to her interview that she did um, on TV, she stated that she did a whole, she, you know, was able to speak about her experience. And that's how, you know, she told everybody what happened. A reporter came and she just couldn't believe it. She got the pressures on. Everybody's looking for all these things. She felt like, you know, she knew it was wrong. She knew she wasn't supposed to do it. But at that time, she was just hurting. She was hurting. She got to put on this face for everybody. She got to do this, got to do that. She already and getting Nobody slack for knew. Right. Nobody you know, can put themselves in her shoes at that period of time of how she deals with her own type of pain. And that's one thing that she said. She was like, who are you to tell me how to deal with my pain? You're not helping me, you know? So yeah. that's one of the things that, yes, yeah, she didn't know. She absolutely I, I, I get knew. it with the pain. And and the other thing that I feel for is that she's, what, 21? 21. 21. Like, for anybody who's about 30 or better, if you slap that guy ass any harder, Fox, she's going to crack it. You know what I'm saying? But if mm-hmm. for anybody who's 30 or older, think about some of the dumb shit we did at 21. Imagine if they had all the rules and imagine being under that type of spotlight oh, yeah. at 21 years old, right? So that's the type of stuff that I feel like. 21 years old is going to make bad decisions. Like, to me, yeah. 21 don't make you an adult. Yeah. Women going to be a little more mature, but, like, I'm a firm believer. They even stay scientifically. Men, our brain don't even start firming up right until we, like, 25 and I really feel like you don't start becoming a man that you're supposed to be. Like, you kind of solidify these are my morals, this and that. I don't feel like you hit that until early 30s, early to mid 30s. Hmm. So, and, and that's just the maturity difference between men and women, right? So, yeah, she's a little more mature, but still in all, she's 21. Yeah. I was still doing dumb shit at 31. I might have did yeah. some dumb shit in 2021. And the state where she was smoking, was it was legal to have it there in the state where she was. And However, it's the fact that she's an athlete on the public platform. And, of course, those are the rules like you were stating before. I kind of feel like when it comes down to drugs, right, it's either A, legalize them and stop bullshitting, or B, like just make everything illegal. Because to me, it's like that, that's too ambiguous when you're sitting there thinking like, oh, well, she knew the rules, so I'm not trying yeah. to give her a, a out on that. But being 21 years old, going through that, being somewhere where she got probably shitty friends. Yeah, obviously. That's because my I feel first like thing. you're not a great friend. You're not a great friend if you put me in that situation. Like, say, for instance, like, being in the military. If I go home and a dude, like, yo, you going to hit this blunt? Nah, man, I'm in the military. Come on, man, fuck all that shit, hit this blunt. No, I don't want to be homeless like you. You know what I'm saying? Like, and it always be the homie who, like, been staying with his mama, doing yeah. bad. You know what I mean? He got, like, six six boxes of Jordans and ain't got a pot to piss in or a window yep. to throw it out of, right? Like, that's the dude who want to tell me. His, come on, yeah, Craig. Come on, get, get on my high. level. You know what I mean? Let <laughs> me get you high. This and that getting me fired on my day off, right? Right. So, I feel for in that aspect, but when you get talking, when you get talking to, the law itself to me is stupid, right? Because, like, we, is not, if it was a performing enhancing drug, like, if she was doping, like, right. Lance Armstrong, if she was doing, like, steroids, anabolic, anabolic or whatever, if she was doing anything like that, then it's like, yeah, get her the fuck out of here. That's making her run fast. That's making her heal fast. She's getting an unfair physical advantage. Yeah. I don't see the unfair physical advantage that you're getting out of weed except for unless somebody make the argument for, like, you know, a lot of people use, um, fuck. Uh, to focus? You know, not, not even to focus. Focus is whatever, right? But you know how they use, like, what oil is it? They got the CDB oil? C- yeah, CDB mm-hmm. oil. Right? They use CDB oil for recovery. So maybe you have an unfair advantage with recovery. Or something like that, maybe. But it's like smoking a blunt. If anything, she about to go from a ten seven five to a ten eight one because she ain't got the wind in the lungs like she's yeah. supposed to, right? So, I'm. So that's kind of like yeah, got to hold like I got to understand that they held her accountable. And yeah. I think too many times in life that we we have our bleeding heart out for people, 
that we forget the whole thing about people still got to get held accountable. And that's the thing. The U.S. team, even though she came out, you know, she told her story and she understood that she was wrong. She understood that, hey, I knew. And, you know, which I applaud her because it would have been so easy for her to ride that wave of everybody saying like, oh, Mm -hmm. no, well, this ain't fair. That ain't fair now. But one thing on the flip side of that with her taking ownership is that when they start comparing her, like if you're upset because she got disqualified and like other runners have gotten a fair, a better chance. Like they was talking mm-hmm. about another runner who had got, who did drugs or something like that. She got suspended, uh, lesser mm-hmm. suspension. I don't got all the details. That's a fair comparison. That that's not fair. Mm-hmm. Now you can get into the whole argument about racial injustice, this, that, and the third or whatever. But if you're just talking about, yo, you failed the drug test. You can't run. It's like, yeah, it don't rule. That, yeah. Cause I don't think all drugs are equated equal. Cause it's like, I really feel if we talking about drugs, I really feel more bad things happen on alcohol than weed. Oh yeah, it does. And that's what Team USA was saying too, as far as her, as far as them rejecting her. They was like, well, you know, although we empathize with what she's going through, still they have to be fair to the other athletes. Period. Point blank. Other they're athletes. To, are they fair to the other athletes by saying like they can't replace one of the other athletes with her? No, like, what, like what, they won't fair? be using her because she's suspended, so they won't be selecting her. Period. Just like everybody else in the past who were suspended and they didn't select them. But the whole thing about her is like her suspension to be over by then. So July twenty seventh, right? Her so that's su- kind of like so if you hold in so in the the four by the four by one hundred the relay race was they, after it was July open. 20th. Yeah, it would be able so for to her me, to go. To me, I don't know about that one. Like that's bullshit because it's just like when you send somebody to jail, they serve their sentence, they're supposed to serve their debt to society. Mm-hmm. And then we keep banging them over the head with, oh, well, you can't get a job. Oh, well, you can't do this and that. It's like if the girl got her sentence or the young lady got her sentence, she serves her sentence, and no bullshit happens during her sentence. She take the next drug test or whatever or the constant drug mm-hmm. test or whatever the Olympic policy is. If she do all that, ball game. Like, yeah. she, that's a clean slate. I did what I did, and I'm done. That's true, but they also have the right to reject or, you know, accept athletes too. So they probably put someone else in her place, although I think that would be – a dumb move to do. It depends on who they're putting in, but why not get the best if she's available and ready at that I time? I can't imagine. But I'm also wondering, because I don't know a whole lot about track, so you probably can feel me on this one. Just because you do phenomenal in the 100, does that mean you're going to be good in the 4 by 100 Because did you you well, saying so both things have a whole their, lot of relay. Yeah, people have their own. That's her signature race, so she's a 100-meter runner. So if she's doing four by one, she's doing a hundred meters there too. Yeah, it's but just I a think team. that baton toss, that baton pass take that's it a whole does. different aspect. It does, I'd but imagine. that's why you train for that type of stuff. But you I train get it. To but I don't, I don't know how hard it is with the baton thing, right? Like we only did it like fucking around in gym class or something <laughs> like that in school. But I'm just saying that I don't. Is that just something so easy? Like if like no, oh, I'm a hundred meters, I'm athlete now. It's like train me for a couple weeks and I can do that. Has she been running the four by one hundred? Yeah, no, she's a 100 meter runner. I'm no, have so she I'm ran saying, it before. Yeah, she's ran so the 400. Relay, like, one. Yeah, she's ran so the relay. So was she even before. running it for like qualifications? Because I'm just saying, it's like it's a lot of things. Like if you look at it like football, you could take some. It's a lot of quarterbacks that they got hands like a wide mm-hmm. receiver. That don't mean they could play wide receiver. Yeah, she's gonna be running. She would be a great four by one runner. So you think she the baton? Has, so you think the baton toss wouldn't, wouldn't have be been? No, she's a track runner. No, because you don't watch. Because do anytime you watch the Olympics and you see them highlights for the four by one hundred. It's only two highlights. You're One, like, the crazy comeback <laughs> when some when some man or woman comes back and they running like the flash, mm-hmm. or 
you have another one when they drop that damn baton and it's like oh. I mean that's not I mean the baton the baton pass the baton exchange is probably it's hard but I mean they've been practicing when you practice the flow is smooth and USA has a knack for that if you ever look at them run I, the I USA be, team have a knack for that baton exchange it's, that's so critical I try to be respectful of other people's sport because I'm, I, I know for sure that I'm one of the people that look at other sports that like I didn't play like you know I wrestled football basketball box MMA, all that stuff. It's like when I look at other sports, sometimes I don't be holding the respect to it. I'm like, you just passing the damn stick. And I ain't trying to be dismissive <laughs> of that because she'll smoke my ass out there 100. Yeah. percent Like if I ran, the, if I ran the 50 and she ran the 100, it'd still be a tight race. You know what I'm saying? Like this, this should give me the business. So I get it. I'm just trying to be respectful of it. So you got a better insight on that, and that's cool. But my whole th- at the end, it's about the accountability. Like, unfortunately. She smoked weed. She broke the rules. Yeah, she broke the rules. And I it, hate to see it happen. Like, don't at no point and at no point is this like a oh well dismiss her. Shit happens, but unfortunately, it's like rules are rules. Like, and yeah. they gotta have rules for a reason. Because then, if you don't hold her accountable, then what happened when the next person does something else? And it's like right, and that's well, it's what just crack. Or that's it's right, just this and that's or, what Team USA was basically saying. Like, nah, we gotta do. But what's I don't what. even agree with that because it's like. If you serve your suspension, you done. Mm-hmm. Like if I go to jail for if I go to jail for assault, you can't just treat me like you can't just treat me like oh mm-hmm. well you can't have this you, like that's the same way we do so, with the judicial system where we punish people after they serve like that time if the, if that time is not what cleans your slate then what's the point of doing it like when we like when we spank true. our child if that's your child true. does something. And you discipline your child. You spank them. You take away their game. You mm-hmm. sit them in the corner. You punish them. They can't leave the house. Take away the cell phone. That's supposed to serve the purpose. You don't treat them like an asshole after the punishment, too. Like, well, you did this, and here's your cell phone back, but I'm still mad about so this, that, and the third. That's the thing, too. You know, I guess it's to, like, the moral character. You know what I'm saying? So they feel like, oh, well, you did this, so we don't want to be associated with that. I don't know. But I, the fact is they did have a right to do that, though, either way. I could buy into that a whole lot more. So the moral character, people like, so people just supposed to be flawless. So your moral character is completely flawed. It's not like she lied. No, she didn't. But you do have well, responsibility stole. as an athlete or any public figure to maintain a good moral compass and to do what's right. And or if you're representing, because you're not doing it yourself, you're representing a whole team. You're representing a nation. So it's like, no, you're not going to. You know how rep, you know how she way. was gonna rep the nation. She's I was, gonna bring that. She's I, gonna bring I, that go. I was gonna smoke your ass after I just smoked a blunt. <laughs> you gonna be the second <laughs> thing that gets smoked today. You know what's wild when they start like I'm gonna tell you how you know people ain't shit. Like you got all these people saying oh this and that and they they pushing for the agenda and then you got cats who got these little like pre roll blunts and shit like that. They got a picture of Shikari Richardson and shit on there. Like I, I think it's funny, but it's just like the unfortunate the, how unfortunate it is. It bugs me, but. It is crazy when you sit down and see it on Instagram, Facebook, but all types of stuff. You're talking about rules, though. What about this guy from the Navy, the officer? Oh, uh, Cameron Cameron Kinsley? K- Kinsley, yes, yes. Yeah, so like, he was a what midshipman. What? He a midshipman. That's what they call it when they're in the Naval Academy, right? Mm-hmm. Naval Academy got a football team. You know what I mean? And that's about the only – we only – like, if you're in the Navy, you probably only watch – or in the Army, you probably only watch one game. If they play a ranked team in college football or Army-Navy game. So, nah – Army Navy games. I never knew. I knew it was. I knew it existed, but I never really seen how big it was. I was like, "Oh, they just playing. They just in Army Navy trying to play ball." No, they had them games out here. Uh, well, not with Jacksonville, and oh my god, it was so 
thick. Like I've never seen. Well, you got to think. You got to think with a, is, uh, the amount of military you got here and people that and have people, the military right. background. Yeah. So I was like, this. This is really. I was so pissed because and the it, highways was just blocked, and I'm like, and yo, the, the I'm thing about to get it, through. The, what the hell's going on? The thing about it is, you're not talking about just trash athletes, right? Like even the dudes like O lineman, right? Like an O lineman doesn't meet. On average, an O-lineman not going to meet the military uh, physical requirements, right? Like, Wait, they, uh, what lineman? Offensive, offensive line. Those are the people who block that don't let you get the quarterback. Oh, the offensive. Okay. Yeah, the big dude. I know y'all call like them O-lineman. I know what offensive team, offensive whatever side. Offensive whatever. starts with O. But You said, I know what that is. You said O-lineman, but I didn't know what you mean. I thought you were talking about officer, like, because we were no. talking about him in the military. I get it, baby. It's all good. Oh, my God. I love there you, we go. Y'all see how you try to make me look crazy all the time? I, mean, I ain't got to try hard. But <laughs> the old linemen or offensive linemen, right? Like they're not in um they're not in regulations for the size that we got to be, right? They're not in physical standards because they just got to be big. They got to pound on the weight, so they get a, a amount of time after football's done to get back in regulations. Mm-hmm. So just just some of the ideas of like how big it is. So these dudes are legit athletes. Like it's not like oh well we got some two hundred pound dude trying to fight off this three hundred pound dude from mm-hmm. Alabama or something like that. One they're not gonna play Alabama because that'd be an embarrassment. But those games are so those those dudes are legit athletes. They're legit D one college athletes, right? So this guy um uh Cam- yeah Cameron Kinsley Cameron Kinsley. So it was a big ordeal about. The Navy at first put well. I don't know if the Navy put out the message, but the news put out that the Navy wasn't going to release him from his contract. They wasn't going to release him from his contract. Basically, he wanted to delay his commission. Right, mm-hmm. officers get commission. Wanted to delay his commission. So at first it was like a no around like June seventh or something like that. But then eventually they got around to it. They let him go play. So the idea behind that is. If the people who say, like, oh, well, they should just let him go play because he got an opportunity to go play in the NFL, he got this and that. If that's your argument, it's you don't got a leg to stand on with me because you signed up to join the military, son. It's a contract. It's a contract. Yeah. Now, the only reason that I will agree with some of the people who say, like, oh, it's unfair that they wasn't releasing him is because of the previous people that they released. Because I think, like, in 2019, like, at first they said, probably, like, 2015 to 16, they said, we're not um, delaying any more commissions for football. Mm-hmm. And then they reversed it in 2019. So they had a bunch of people. I think even one of them was a long snapper when I was stationed up in Rhode Island. Mm-hmm. And uh, they gave him a chance. So they was releasing people, not releasing people, but so much uh, delaying their contract, right? So they're putting them in, like, the inactive reserves. So if the argument is that it's not fair because other people since 2019 have had the opportunity to delay their commission, Legit argument. I stand with it. If the argument is, oh, well, he has this great opportunity, the military shouldn't take it from him. Nah. Right. I mean, right. what's your thoughts? No, I mean, I, be- I do believe that. Like, I mean, as far as, well, just because he's in the military and, oh, he's great at football or he should go in and play pro or what have you. No. You got to be held accountable for what it is that you signed. You signed the contract. So, oh, well, there's a lot of people in the military who have missed opportunities yeah. because they have a contract to uphold, you know. So, like, yeah. I'll put it akin to what if you, so what if I went to school and became like a neurosurgeon or something? And I'm like, oh, well, I can go work at some great place. Elon Musk opens up the new neurosurgeon place where they're placing robots in the people's head and making them do this and that. Coming so, soon. Yeah, so I don't deserve the same <laughs> opportunity, you know what I mean? So and that, and that, But that's just one of those things that you get to look at, where you see where we put entertainment compared to everything else. Right, 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 definitely. 
And one of those key things about entertainment, you could talk. We, um, we got Rachel Nichols and uh, Maria Taylor. What what's what's going on with them? So on ESPN, bring it up on your phone for me. But so it's Rachel Nichols and Maria Taylor. Um, want to say ESPN, but sports announcers. Um, Rachel Nichols is a white woman. Maria Taylor's black. Okay. Okay, yeah, I see it here. So obviously that becomes news just as what it is, right? So she had a conversation. ESPN. ESPN, yeah. So she had a conversation because she does a lot of, uh, Rachel Nichols does, the. she did the finals, I want to say the last two years. I know for sure she did it last year, but she um might have did the last two or three years. So she had a conversation with somebody. I don't remember who the other person was, but somehow the conversation got recorded. I don't know how it's not the other person that recorded this, but whatever. Do you got it exactly what she said? Yeah, so it looks like she said, um, this is like an excerpt of what she said. She was like, if you need to give Taylor more things to do because you're feeling pressure about your crappy longtime record on diversity, which, by the way, I know personally from the female side of it, like, go for it. Just find it somewhere else. You're not going to go find it from me or take my thing away. So I guess right, we right back at a double-edged sword with that one because yeah. I understand – from a standpoint, right, and this is just me being unbiased. It's not selling out. It's not going hard, far left, right? Because the truth of the matter is, I believe that eighty, probably eighty percent of the people are moderate, like in the middle, or moderate left. <laughs> I mean, like middle left, middle right, middle right. Like that's what I probably say eighty something percent of the people at. Mm-hmm. And then you got like that split up the whatever's left over, right? So say fourteen percent, seven to seven on each side, far left, far right. With that said, I understand what Rachel Nichols probably meant to say, but I can't speak for that woman, right? She's going to get opportunities, but don't take it from me because I had to work hard as a woman, and I went through similar circumstances to get where I am, right? So she didn't have to deal with the black aspect of it, but she still had to deal with the woman and sports aspect of it. And I definitely see the double-edgedness that you're talking about because it's like, first of all, I'm a woman. So, yeah, she needs to do this, and but just don't take my crap away, yeah. you know? And I get that, but it, I, I do also say, like, don't invalidate me. But she said uh, she do a couple of things. She do some great things, and but don't take it from me. But it's, it's you, you kind of, like, <laughs> undermine somebody's talent when you bring up the fact of, like, oh, well, since y'all got to do something for diversity – yeah, you know and I mean? that's As what I was going to lead to. Her talent wasn't, uh, her merit wasn't, didn't warrant her opportunities. Right. And that's what I was going to lead to, like, especially dealing with, um, dealing with um, affirmative action. So the thing is, is that, yes, I mean, some people may agree that it's not needed because, well, if you want to be equal, then you have to go ahead and do whatever you do to get noticed, right? But the fact is, is that a lot of the times that minorities will not be noticed based on the things that they do. They won't have those opportunities to go forward. So in that aspect, um, the affirmative action is a positive uh, for people like her, right? It doesn't take away from the fact that she knows exactly what she's doing, that she's more skilled. But the thing is, is that a lot of the times, especially in history, uh, the skills that people of uh, minority or color, whatever you want to call it, whatever the proper terminology is, it's just that um, their, their skills and whatever it is that their craft is, they don't get noticed or it's taken away and used by other people. Yeah, so... so- Affirmative action, and I hate to keep using the same cliche about the double-edged sword, is that sometimes there are going to be cases where we might get a job that we, if everything else was equal, like if they didn't like if they didn't ask what color you were, if we did a, a double-blind test where you just talked to the people, you couldn't tell 
anything else about them mm-hmm. except like their qualifications for the job and how to interview. Yeah. There's some chances and some opportunities where we might have not had to got a job. Mm-hmm. But history has proven that there's way more opportunities that we didn't get because of that, right? So affirmative action, affirmative action would still be necessary. And I still and I still would like to and I still no, I ain't gonna say I like, but I still have to understand that it's still gonna be necessary in a lot of areas because Sometimes we get to a point where we get to a place where we're not dealing with people, and especially people who aren't dealing, who don't um, feel prejudiced about things or they're not racist, they'll feel like, well, nobody should feel that way. Well, no, it's a lot of people that still do feel that way. We know. We get that. We (laughs) know. But there are people in the majority, too, who feels as though, well, hey, let me just slide past this person because of whatever prejudiceness that they have. But it's it's one of the things that go back to someone else. Yeah, it's one of the things that go back to when pe- people only really, like, make this dig about equality when it doesn't favor them. And mm-hmm. that's people's nature. No. It doesn't matter if you're talking about man, woman, white, black, um, whatever, right? Um, poor, rich. The only time people complain about equality is when it doesn't work in their favor. Yeah. Now, if equality tips the other way and it's like, oh, well, like, say, for instance, if we get looked over for a job, we raise a hell. If affirmative action gets a job that maybe we wouldn't have got, it's kind of like, you know, it's kind of the same thing as a woman. It's like, oh, I want equality, but if you're going to pay for the date, you know what I mean, do the damn thing, <laughs> right? Like, Here we go. We're going to get in it. We're going to have this conversation one day, but okay. we ain't going to do it today. But we're going to have this conversation one day. We're going to get busy. <laughs> get busy, get busy. So, um, so with that, a lot of people were upset. You've seen a lot of buzz on, like, Twitter because you know I've been getting a little more on Twitter because that's where you get, like, that's where you get, like, a whole bunch of people who just make 9,000 comments a day because they ain't got <laughs> nothing better to do and they just hoping somebody going to stick to something. They just throwing spaghetti at the wall and hoping it stick. I really do think that um, I understand where she's coming from, too. Who are you it, talking about? Me, um, from Maria. Nichols or Taylor? Uh, uh, Nichols, sorry. Okay. Nichols, yeah. I do understand where she's coming from because it is. I, I get that. Like, okay, I understand you. Because of your shitty track record, ESPN, from doing not hiring enough of minorities, Okay, you have to hire this person, but don't let her take my job, though, yeah, just because you fucked up in the, in the get-go. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So, so I get that. But yeah. she's feeling the brunt of those statements, she right? Is. So she's feeling the brunt of those statements because they took off the finals this year. And oh, yeah. um, I forgot what the name of her show is. but Jump they, or something like the that? Jump, yeah, the jump. the jump. So the yeah. jump, they didn't air like two or three episodes or something like that. Right. Or the jump. And so she's feeling the brunt of it. But realistically, this is how I feel, right? People going to say some shit. They're going to say some things that exactly ain't what they meant to say, right? So I kind of honestly believe if I was like almighty dude at ESPN, I made the final call, I wouldn't say that I, I can her or restrict her. I'd be like, hey, is that what you meant to say? Are those the exact words you're willing to stand on those and down those words? And if she told me no, I'm like, what do you will, what, what did you mean to say? And she'd be like, I'm not saying that she doesn't deserve it. Because if you read further into it, it's kind of like she kind of wanted to word it that way. And yeah. if you try to give her the benefit of the doubt, she was saying, like, yo, she's awesome. And I get it that y'all getting pressure. Just don't take it from They'll me. And that's kind of like, right. don't take, that's what I got don't take food off my plate. I get it. But on the understand, I can also understand if, if Miss Taylor took some, uh, if Miss Taylor took some heat, uh, she took some offense to the way Miss Nichols put it. I can it, understand that too, because it's like, don't undermine my work. Right. I'm just as good as you. She probably good, might think, right. I'm just as good as you, if not better. Right. That's you know prob- what I'm saying? Yes, so it's exactly. like, don't undercut more. So I can I understand how both. People? That, oh, you think I got this job just because of affirmative action? No, look at my my merit. Look, is actually, yeah, look yeah. at my record. I've been putting in work. I've been putting in the work. I'm mm-hmm. doing. I'm I'm in the books. I'm doing this and that. I'm studying yeah. the sport, respecting the game. So 
I can understand how she feels that way too. But if I was all you know, almighty dude that is paying, I say like, if that's what that's what you meant to say. And if she say, no, that's not what I meant to say. I meant to say something to the effect of, you know, something to the effect of like, yeah, she got it. She deserves everything she wants. I just know that ESPN is making a move where they're giving it to minorities. And if that's the case, that they're going to give her something because she's a minority, I just don't want it to come from me. And if she, like, reworded it better, and that's probably not even the best way to reword it. But, <laughs> but, yeah, like, if she said it, well, not to save ESPN, but if she, was, she, if she was taking that, she took more of the heat, not because I don't think she took the heat as much for what she said about ESPN. And a shitty track record. I think she took more of the heat because of what she said about Miss Taylor. So if I'm she- I'm on the fence about it. I'm on the fence about it because I feel like ESPN took that stuff away from her because of the defamation that they were experiencing from her. You think it's kind of like yeah. It, so you think if they if she had to left out anything about ESPN and she had to just say let what not they can't leave out nothing but no. if she had to left out like about the shitty track record. Mm-hmm. You think ESPN might let it ride? I think that she probably would have been a slap on the wrist type of thing. I don't think it would have been as ex- ex- um, extensive as it has been for her. Um, it's just because they feel like, oh, what do you mean we have a history of not hiring yeah, minorities? Because, because it's bringing, it's bringing heat about? to it. It's bringing, yeah, it's it's br- bringing light to the Yeah, subject. it's bringing, now, like she said, they were feeling pressure to do this. So yeah. that's what she said. And if you look and listen to the audio, she was like, you know, they're feeling a lot of pressure and da 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 And so, yeah, so they f- probably feel like, wait, why are you putting our business out there like that? Yeah, yeah, why are you airing <laughs> My Why you laundry. put my business out there like that? And for that, you gonna get this now. You know what Fair I'm saying? Fair enough. Because I was thinking more of the fact if she had been able to reword her statement, if she had been able to reword her statement to the point of saying like to be able to say it better, I would have given her an opportunity to be like, "Yo, go to the press and say that." Like mm-hmm. if you came to me with the right words, and I would say I didn't get them right, but you come to me with the right words, I here's your opportunity. You go out here. You tell the press that we could do the press thing right here. You know, ESPN can make a press conference happen. Yeah. Poof, boom, it's happening, right? She issued an apology to her, but of course, but they, people feel apology. like it wasn't heartfelt or whatever. And like, I just feel like because I know where she's coming from. Yes, I understand Taylor has a great, you know, history and whatever it is that she does on 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 the TV screen, right? Her job itself, but I don't think that. I I I just think I'm on the other side of it. Like I understand where she's coming from, and I don't. I want to discredit Taylor for what it is that yeah. she does as well. Cause of course she does a phenomenal job, you know, but at the same time, it's just like, yo, people, t- it's a, it's a case of people twisting things yeah. that cancel culture that we were talking about. Yeah, it's the cancel culture you know? that people want to hop on, yeah. hop on everything. Hop but on if everything, it's facts, it's facts though. If it is, if she, if she, it is a hire based on that, because she said it herself, you know, like, Hey, they've been going through a lot of diversity shit. Like, they don't have it together. Yeah. So, if that's the case, especially with her being a woman, they have to have, what, women and disabled and people of color or yeah. minorities. I mean, you got to, right? I mean, that woman still got to eat, probably got a family to feed. She got to see the writing on the wall, like, hold up. They're going to pull it from somewhere. Yeah, so it's probably going to come from me. And yeah, then also so. with that conversation, it's not like she just came out and made a tweet about it. That was a conversation that she probably thought was private. private. And I'm not to say that, like, people say some wild shit in private yeah. they should be exposed for, but... Yeah. I don't know. I'm uh, like it's some people that they say some things and I'm like, "Hey, get them out of here, right?" Right. I'm not exactly on the get them out of here train per se with uh Nichols, right? Yeah. So, I mean That's one of the things too like we were talking about on the last podcast too, I think, for cancel culture. You yeah. know, that's exactly this is the prime example of what cancel culture is. Yeah. Like just when she said that like, "Okay, you could take it for this meaning, but she probably meant that." Like, but the fact is, oh, she shouldn't have said it or whatever, but that's how that woman feels. Like if she experienced that they, I mean, their lack of diversity for whatever the reason is she had to work hard to get to where she is and okay she already said she's great 
Taylor's great at what she does. She yeah. praised her. She, you know, but hey, just don't give her my shit. Don't take food from me. Yeah, don't take food off my plate. But that's kind of the trauma that we deal with as people, right? Like, if you go through so much trauma, especially as a people and everything, then you kind of like, you don't look you don't look at the glass half full, right? Yeah. You're going to look at the glass half empty because experience, right? Like, every time you walk past a man, he tried to rob you. Mm-hmm. Every time you walk past a man, he tried to rob you, tried to rape you, tried to do something. Unfortunately, you're not going to look at the glasses uh, half full anymore, right? You're going to look yeah. at it, it's half empty, and that's what the trauma bring, right? So a lot of people going to look at that and they're going to say, hey, well, they meant this way, that meant this way. And it's just kind of one of the things that divide us instead of just understanding like, hey, I mean, two things can be true. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But those are the traumas that we go through. Like and historical trauma. Like historical, yeah, historical, historical, historical trauma. Because trauma. trauma is just one of the things. I like, think of all the trauma that everybody goes through that they don't work on. Yeah. So most people who don't know what historical trauma is, is basically referring to traumatic experiences or events that are shared between a group of people within a society. So by community or ethnic group or national group, it's all um, all um, intertwined with each other. So you're talking about widespread. Sorry, I can't. It's it's the it's the it's the. Don't blame it on that whiskey crown, again. Crown now. apple. Mm-hmm, yeah. <laughs> the widespread the widespread effects. So collective suffering and malicious intent. Okay. So, so you can even get into science with that. Like in science, they do this study that I think pretty. I probably say. Half of people probably not heard of, where they got um whole bunch of monkeys in a cage, and they put like a banana or something that they want up there, like a piece of fruit, something that they want. They put it up high in the cage or something like that, so they can go up and get it. So when one of them go up there and get it, they they beat all the monkeys' ass or electrocute them or do something. They do something negative that they remember, like shock all of them, right? So they keep doing that a couple times. So what winds up happening through that trauma, right? So say you got ten monkeys in there, and then you change out two of the monkeys. So the two new monkeys come in, they like. Well, shit, I'm about to get this banana. Yeah. You know what I mean? They go for the banana. The other eight monkeys whoop their ass. Mm-hmm. The eight, uh, eight monkeys like, no, nah, we're not doing that. We don't touch that banana, right? Like, that's the, Eve, that's the apple. Keep your damn don't mouth off Don't bite the it. apple, Eve. Don't bite the apple, Eve, right? <laughs> so then you swap out another two monkeys, right? Them two monkeys come in. Boom. The other eight monkeys beat their ass. Swap out another two monkeys. Boom. Continue, continue. Now you swapped out all ten monkeys. So now none of those ten monkeys ever been shopped. Mm-hmm. But they know... That if anybody go for that, you got to beat their ass because something bad is going to happen, right. right? And that's one of the things, like, just a real simple idea of how trauma has been proven in science. Yeah, yeah. And it, how it also limits a person's abilities and capabilities as well. Yeah, it was How enough. we all can uh, mesh together and effectively get things into for movement. Yeah. Like, even with even with the, um, even they got another science experiment. I'm going to probably butcher this one. Like, when he's talking about a flea. And oh, talk- I heard. Who was talking about that? I think Steve um, Harvey mentioned that. Steve Harvey, yeah. yeah. Steve Harvey was talking about Steve the flea Harvey got like a four-foot vertical. Yeah. And then it's like once you put a lid on there, the flea keep – you put it, the flea in the jaw. He, he he keep trying to jump 48 inches. Boom, boom, hitting boom, boom, cap, boom. Hitting the cap, he hitting, hitting the cap. But it's a 12-inch jaw. So he keep hitting the cap. So then what he started doing, he learned where the cap at. And then now he only jumping 11 mm-hmm. inches, right? Like mm-hmm. he's staying right under that cap so he don't hit his head. So when the kids are born – they only going to jump 11 inches. Because they only see because pops and moms jumping. This is what we're supposed to do. This That's 11 right. inches. Maybe I can feel like I do Don't some more. Don't know their full potential. Yeah, and maybe they, and if they ever do do it, they get hit in the head. So right. now they're like, well, damn, this is why mom and pop. This is, why, this is us telling our kids the stove hot. Right, yeah. Right, so you got that version of trauma. But I think a lot of times as people, we don't get into, we don't get into dealing with all of the trauma we've been mm-hmm. through. And it's so much trauma. Like, for instance, like, there's trauma, like, uh, uh, I know men, you like to hear a lot of men talk about it, right? As soon as we see a girl on the pole or something like that, acting kind of sick, it's like, she got daddy issues. Oh, you know yeah. what I'm saying? But 
we don't take the time to talk about all the other issues that people got, right? Like men mm-hmm. got daddy issues, men got mommy issues, women got daddy issues, yeah. women got mommy issues. Yeah. Because it takes... We just have issues, people. Yeah. That's just the bottom line. It's, it's not necessarily a... Um, cultural thing it's a people thing at the end of the day yeah because because um, like i think of one of the traumas one of the traumas like for me myself that i went through i grew up in a suck it up society mm-hmm. rub dirt on it suck it up right so i made a conscientious effort to when i deal with my sons especially my sons to be like hey you can cry you ain't gonna cry for nothing you're gonna be doing all that damn just crying to be dehydrated like <laughs> i ain't raising hoes now pussy <laughs> 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 You know what I'm saying? Like at that point I'm on your I'm on your head, right? But you know what I mean? They fall down, they get injured, they get hurt. It's like, all right, I understand you want to cry. Somebody die, wanna cry. Uh something sad happened, your friend moves away or something like that. Eh, whatever, I get it, you're gonna cry. But we ain't just about to cry. Like, well, I wanted to play the game and now you're gonna start crying. I'm like, you gonna dry them tears or I'm gonna race your ass off the planet. <laughs> So I, I understand that I bring my own set of issues, Real but I'm talk. not trying to bring those issues because I remember my uncle telling me about something. And I remember I was at a funeral and I was seven years old and I asked my uncle, I said, hey, I'm sitting there crying. Is that the picture you got? In the, um, no, that's when my okay. grandfather passed away. I, oh, nah, okay. I was crying like a whole hold in. Yeah, you were so cute. I was crying. No. Nah. I wish I was there to hold you. But would you gonna be the same age as me? Get off of me! I'm going through some shit. Strange other seven year old, you know what I mean? But no, I wasn't even seven. I was a little older. But one of the things, um, <laughs> you made me lose my train of thought. But we was talking about. Oh, I asked him, "Oh, uh, why you not crying? Huh? You know, like you're not sad. You're like, yeah, I'm sad, but you just can't cry for everything. You know what I mean? He was like, you gonna do all that damn crying for? Man, we ain't supposed to cry. You know what you do? You bury that shit deep down inside and dive a ulcer like a black man's supposed to. And it's like. Okay, that sounds healthy. He's tough. So that's where you get that from. That's what you do. What? Just hold it in the side and beat that? Hey. That's what you do. You do that. You said that to me on multiple occasions. I'm trying to tell you, like, no, it's okay. Lay right here on the bosoms and let that shit out. It's when okay. I lay on the bosoms, I don't be thinking about crying. <laughs> All my blood flowing to another location. At that oh, time. my God. Here we go. But, but so I try to avoid stuff like that. So I think uh, uh, half the battle is knowing the trauma that you've been through. And a lot mm-hmm. of people been through trauma. And they just don't want to admit it because people look at trauma and having to like get help mm-hmm. or, you know, what I mean, going to get help, going to see a therapist. They look at it like uh, like it's a weakness. But at the end of the day, mm-hmm. if you told the cat like, hey, bro, your deadlift look kind of off. Why don't you go see a personal trainer that's working on your deadlift so you can um, get, get better PRs, right? Mm-hmm. You can get better personal records, get, be- get bigger gains, get swole. Dude would be like, all right, man, I might look into that. But then you tell somebody, like, hey, your brain injured. Why don't you go see a therapist and get your brain right so the rest of your body got right? No, nah, man, oh, I ain't nah, soft. No, no, nah, I'm good. I ain't I'm crazy. good. You know what I'm saying? crazy people. You know what I'm saying? That's for crazy people. I ain't crazy. I'm going to just go home and beat my wife, beat my kids, kick the dog, and drink a whole bunch of liquor until my Be kidneys good. fall out. Yeah, I'm good, though. I'm a man. <laughs> I'm a man, right? So when, when we talk about that, that's the toxic masculinity. When people talk mm-hmm. about toxic masculinity, that's the idea that I believe. Yes, that's toxic masculinity, and that's bad. That's a general that, that goes into like generational trauma. Yeah, into where we'll just push trauma. it through our kids or whatever. When people talk other stuff about um, toxic masculinity, like, oh well, this is toxic masculinity. No, you just want men to be hoes and that ain't it, right? <laughs> but like, you want men to be soft and shit like that. Well, no, no, that's not. That's being a man. A lot of stuff is like being a man, but not allowing your boys to cry, not allowing them to express their feelings, not like no. um, like I remember the men in my family besides my grandfather. My grandfather's the only man who would like really show me love growing up, right? Mm-hmm. So that's the only reason I understood how to show my sons love. 
to like hug them, to give them a kiss on the cheek, to let them know to have those feelings where they can sit there and lay on the couch with me and cuddle up instead of being like, hey, man, what, what you gave something? Get off of me, right? Oh like, Because, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the uncles, they be like, ain't none of that. Ain't no soft shit. Ain't no hugging. Ain't no cuddling. Just be, you got to be hard all the time. Like when Kevin Hart was talking about his uncle, up top, solid, not a game. You know what I'm saying? Like he ain't From playing. From chest. <laughs> Say it with your chest. Yeah, like you know that. what I mean? So it, was, yeah. uh, so it was all of that. And you think about how it affects how it affects everything, right? Like the things, like even think about think about it from a single mother's perspective. You're right. You're right. So from a single mother perspective, well, I'm not a single mother anymore. No, nah, you lure No, I'm saying <laughs> you got the greatest wingman on this side of the hemisphere, the fucking earth. You great, baby. You good. Okay. Yeah, yeah I am dope. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, from when I was dope. a single parent, <laughs> single mother, raising my girls and everything, um, I could definitely say that, Trauma has played a major part in our relationship, right? And so I'm going to get a little bit, a little bit deeper into myself, right? Deep dive, <laughs> just a little bit, okay? So I talked previously about my experience with domestic violence, and I think that's one of the things that really affected me, um, and I didn't know. So as a single mother, um, I would go through these spurts of you know depression I would go through these spurts of uh, sadness and just kind of withdrawal right and I had to push all those things away I never sought help I never sought help for myself because I was doing it on my own at this point so there was no time to go to a therapist there was no time to although I know that I needed one and I wasn't like you know how most uh, people would think well oh I can't go see no psychiatrist or no therapist I'm crazy no I don't I never thought about it in that form so I always know it could be therapeutic and it could be helpful. And I've never been one to really give a damn of what people think. Because it ain't their business. They don't take care of me. If you're going to take care of me, then lend me your opinion. But so, but that. When I start taking care of you, I'll lend you my opinion. Yes. Take yes. your ass to therapy. Yes. So um, for that, how it played a part in my relationships were just um, basically my, my, I had to bury all that stuff inside and have time to work with. So I'm thinking since I'm not worried about it, Oh, I'm healing myself. I'm good. I don't have to, I'm not being abused anymore. I'm not feeling the way I felt anymore. So everything must be all good. Right. I'm raising my kids. They're coming out. Okay. But a lot of that's, it's just hiding. It's just evading. It's just, um, just getting away from the reality akin to someone who was doing drugs. Right. I'm trying to escape. Yeah. It's escapism. It's what it is. So I kept myself busy enough to where I didn't have to deal with the scars and the pain and everything else inside emotionally and mentally that I was dealing with. So now it affects me and my girl. So we don't have the relationship that we once had. Yeah. Um, um, it's it's kind of well, it's actually it's getting a little bit better now because we all sought family therapy. So that's what we're doing now. That's what we're in the process of doing now. And it helps me understand them because they have a lot of trauma from my experience, from us getting a divorce, from everything. They never saw the physical abuse. Um, and I, that was one of my reasons for leaving. They never saw the physical yeah, abuse in it. And then, yeah. And then think it's OK. Right, I think it's okay because I didn't want that to happen to them. So I left, and now that this has happened, um, it's, it's kind of a um, a barrier to how we communicate with one another because they don't understand what's happening and how everything affected, how everything affects them. So yeah, like and even in my relationships. Well, I would say even with a side note to that, like not so much a segue, but a side note is that's one of the things that a lot of times that men and women we forget when we're dealing with somebody. Like if you've been around. Thirty some odd years, something like that. You, you late twenties, on up. It's like you done been through some stuff, right? 
So we got to understand that when you're dealing with a person, they're going to bring baggage, right? So my whole thing, like I told you, when we, when we like way early on, is like I can deal with the check-in bags, mm-hmm. but that carry-on, that carry-on yeah. is something serious. <laughs> yeah. Because I don't know what you're bringing in that carry-on. We might yeah. TSA might have think they screened it or something like that, and then mm-hmm. it come out. I was not ready for this. Yeah. So it was like the check-in bags I could deal with. Like I could deal with all the nonsense with the check-in bags, but people forget that when a person not going to be perfect. Right. And then also too, you got to know enough about your trauma to help the person you're dealing with to help you. Right. Like in a relationship, it's like, you can't just say like, well, I got these issues. Cause like now it almost seems like a culture now with trauma that people think like trauma's cool. Yeah. It's kind of like tattoos and shit like the tattoos and scars. You know, when we grow up as boys, we're like, Hey, glory lasts forever. Chicks dick scars. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you, you start uh, taking models Are you out talking of about movies. like when everybody posting all this, oh, yeah. well, I'm depressed today, and yeah, oh, when, I took when, all when my people, pills, so I should be okay, and yeah, all that. Because like it, it's, but it's almost like a sliding scale, right? Because before we just say suck it up and deal with everything, and we'll just ignore everything like it never happened, right? Like, well, that didn't happen. Even with like um, when you talk about uh, mental disorders and stuff mm-hmm. like that, you know, especially. I can speak for us in the black community. You know, a lot of times we don't pay a whole lot of attention to that. We'll treat yeah. it like, oh, well, what's up with what's up with little Ray Ray? Oh, uh, well, he just he just a little touched. Yeah. He got a dollop of uh, autism or something like that. A dollop? What is this, a sprinkle? You're talking about how much um, pepper mm-hmm. I'm supposed to put in mm-hmm. something? You know what I mean? So we wouldn't really respect it or we'll try to hide it. Oh, they'll grow out of it. And this and that. And that's how we'll treat trauma a lot of times where it's like, well, uh, especially nowadays, uh, uh, you'll see a lot of them posts where a woman will say something to the effect of, Oh, if you can't accept me at my worst, you don't deserve me at my best. Well, why I got to deal with you? Why can't we get you to your worst ain't that bad no more? Right. Right. Like the same thing with me, like as a man, it's kind of like, well, I got all this trauma. Well, the reason I feel this way is because uh, this happened and that happened. Like, well, why why can't we work on that? Why I just got to get beat up by your past and I got to deal with that every day? Every single day. And so that's one of the things that I was actually dealing with. So to come back to like how it affects me in relationships, right? I would just think I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm okay. There's nothing wrong with me. And so meeting what you say, the sub part, because a lot of times like what you explained to me is that women, uh, men come to us, right? Most men, right? They'll come to us being subpar, right? I'm not going to say it's the subpar thing. It's the like where we get back to a call back to when we're talking about maturity. That yeah, if you so meet that's, me what, and that's maturity, yes. Emotional maturity, emotional I'm not maturity. on your level. And you're already like, and then women almost get bred more to care more about marriage than men. Yeah. Men, when we look at marriage and we look at our value, we kind of like, nah, what's in the marriage? For what's me. for me? Yeah, well, what's in it for me, right? Like, for a woman, it's like, I want this marriage, and I want this big wedding, and it's beautiful. It's like, you know what dudes do at a wedding? Shut up and get in as many shots as they can with nobody around. Oh, my God. Like, you know what I mean? But it's like, it, the, the value doesn't get sold. Like, you look at a Disney movie. What the prince do? The prince grow up. He, he get walked all over by this woman or something like that. His whole life got to change. He got to get stepped on, do this and that, deal with all her trauma or something like that. Wait to put a minute, her in. where does the movie this come from? Cause all of that. them. Pick one. All of them. That didn't happen in Cinderella. Cinderella was the some, one getting walked on. Cinderella wasn't getting walked on by him. That had nothing to do with him. That's but a trash his, ass like, film. He, he grew up a prince, though. So yeah, he, he grew up. Oh, so my, my fault. My he fault. He grew that, up. Ready to go. Hey, my fault <laughs> that I was born into a little money and your broke ass was over here anyway. doing dishes. I came and pulled you from the depths of hell. Be grateful. How the hell? Listen to this jerk. On the sub- one last segue or, or, or be veering off topic. She the only person that wear that, same, that size slipper in the whole kingdom? 
I mean, apparently she was. Okay, and it fits so good, right? It fits so damn good. That the shit fell off her foot when she ran up out of there. This shit don't make no yeah. sense. The plot yeah. holes out the ass, man. Get that trash-ass movie out Disney, there. Disney, Disney. They can't change over 50 years worth of storytelling. So, so, so what I'm saying is like that, that shit slapped 50 years ago when nobody was like, <laughs> hey, we don't wear shoes 50 years ago. Like, So you're saying like 1960s yeah, or whatever? It was a little bit too big. Yeah, <laughs> it was made out of glass. I'm telling you right now. Any, ask anybody in the tri-state area. You know how we walk in some um, uptowns like some Air Force Ones or some fresh new towns mm-hmm. trying not to crease them? How she ain't crease no glass slippers? I don't know. She ain't from the uptown area, though. Anyway. That's the thing. Anyway, back to trauma, because I'm <laughs> I'm feeling a little traumatic about this bullshit-ass movie. Here so we go. back to it. I, I would say with the trauma, like dealing with the trauma, like for instance with me, you know, I grew up, my whole story is trash, right? I grew up in the slaughterhouse after I left my grandmother, right? Before and after my grandmother and my grandfather, it was a slaughterhouse, right? I grew up around the worst of the worst. So you're talking about killers, stick-up kids, uh, Gangbangers, hoes, prostitutes, um, pimps, anybody you can name. Anybody who you'll look at and be like, these are the people of the underworld. Those was my friends, family, and neighbors, right? And don't get, don't get me wrong. We got some outstanding citizens and whatnot, but they don't get as much praise, right? Like when I grew up, we, nobody was praising the dude like, oh, man, he went out there and got him a nine to five. Get your corny ass out of here. Like, right? Like, I grew up in the hood where it was like, no, old boy out here hanging out of the Audi doing wild stuff. You know what I mean? So you grow up around that and even just seeing that and that trauma and everybody thinking like, well, just toughening up and toughening up to a point where people don't understand like how the ebbs and flows of life. For instance, like when you find yourself bored and you find yourself like by yourself and you're like, damn, I'm lonely or damn, I'm this. You don't, that's because like the lack of love some of it's the lack of love yeah. that we got as children in some capacity. And the other part of it is this is the universe telling you, like, yo, this is your time to heal. Yes. Like, I'm giving you this break where that, yes. all the stuff that you normally, like, you you a magnet and all the stuff that you normally pull in, like, oh, all of this trauma, like, I want a good man or I want a good woman. But that trauma in you was like, hey, fuck all. It's kind of like, need that. Yeah, it's kinda like this, I right? want to lose okay. weight. I want to do this and that, but I want this cake. Like, that's what we do, right? So now ain't no cake available. And now we are, damn, yeah. we boy, I can't get nothing sweet. I can't get no that's cake. That's the thing. I can't that's a part that. of that, um, them trying to evade and trying to escape from what yeah. they're trying to keep themselves busy with this and that and people and blah, blah, blah. And I'm the king of that. I'm yeah. the king of the, I'm telling you right now. And, and the big homie Dave would tell you, I'm telling you right now, hey, anytime, yeah, uh, anytime that I'm going through some shit, I'm going to work through it. Like, that's why I've mm-hmm. always had jobs or more, multiple jobs where, it could take up so much of my time, so I could be like, "Hey, life sucks." Well, I'm a I life sucks, and I feel inadequate. But you know why I am adequate over here? Where I could bust my ass and just outwork everybody mm-hmm. and do my thing, and then that's where I hide at, right? Like, oh, I could deal with this, and I would, I would legitimately say that. Well, I'm gonna let my subconscious deal with this, and I'm eventually get around to it. Yeah, that wasn't necessarily the case, right? Like, I'd be thinking my subconscious dealing with it. My subconscious will look at it. Kind of like a dog. Go over there sniffing and be like, I don't know what that is. Walk right over it, right? It's like, you know what I mean? It's like the teenager seeing something on the floor that ain't supposed to be there. They're like, "Mm, walk right over it. Let me step right over this. Well, I ain't put it there, so let me go. Hey, that ain't none of my business, though. Take that Kermit (laughs) tea sip. Mm, That ain't none of my business, though. Right. So a lot of people really have to understand the effects of trauma and how they affect your children, right? Like, I even think about it. I used to beat my kids, right? I I wasn't beating the dog shit out of them, so I felt like I was doing better. Then I was doing better than how I was raised, right? Mm-hmm. But 
to come and learn. It was like a lot of them times I didn't even have to do that. Like mm-hmm. if like and you and you see my kids now, it's like I don't got to do nothing. I don't because they did on. it to us, right? That's the intergenerational type of trauma. Yeah, you right feel there. like that's the only way. It's like spare the rod, spoil the child, right? Yeah. I don't want no spoiled kids. Well, but it, it wasn't necessary because um and a perfect example of it. I can't remember the tribe. It's a tribe in Africa. So dope, right? This is a story, and I ain't even talked to you about this one. So you getting this? You getting this the same time they getting it, right? Okay, okay. So what they do is when the mother, so your birthday is based off of when the mother wants to have a child. So like the mother's up here like, you know what? I want a child. So she goes over to like a sacred area or something like that. And she just thinks about the baby and prays and prays and prays until she hears a song. And when she hears that song, she comes back and brings it to the husband, whoever her man is, whatever. She brings the song and teaches him the song. And then they sing that song and they think about it as they create the baby. So they're singing that song, singing that song, right? So then while she's pregnant, she sings the song to the baby in there. The husband, or the husband, the father, he sings the um, song to the baby while he in there. And then she teaches it to, like, the older ladies of the community, the midwives, the women who are around who kind of do a lot of the uh, kid raising and stuff like that. She teaches them the song. And then they learn the song or whatever, right? And then every birthday they sing the song. So what they do is it's like whenever you do something great, you have a great accomplishment. They come around you and sing your song. Because now everybody done got a chance to learn your song. So if your song was, yay, Fox, yay, Fox, right? Mm-hmm. So when you're born, we, we all singing yay, Fox. Aww. When you do something dope, it's like, yay, Fox, yay, Fox, yay, Fox. When you, every birthday, every big milestone or something is yay, Fox, yay, Fox. I like that. Flip side of it, you think that's dope. Mm-hmm. But this to teach you how they broke the, they broke the bonds of trauma right there. Mm-hmm. When you do something that's messed up, like you burdened somebody, you do something terrible in the community, instead of locking you away, and putting you in the system or or just cutting your head off or doing something, they get you down, they put you in the town square, everybody come around you, and they sing that song to you. Oh. And that song is to remind you who they who you are. So they mm-hmm. understood more that, like, punishment and, like, capital punishment and all different types of punishment, that's not what reforms and make people. What it is is love, acceptance, and remembering who you are and your identity is what brings wow. you back to being correct and being righteous again. And it's not me beating your ass, beating your ass, beating your ass. It's like, no, because now you feel like disappointed when everybody's like, no. Yeah, they sing your song, they sing Yay your Fox. Song anyway. Yay like, Fox, like, I don't you. deserve this. Why are yeah, you guys you're like, doing yeah. this? And it's like, you still yeah. love me. Because with me and my oldest son, that's actually how I had to break through with me and my oldest son. Cause that's just was, beautiful, by the way. I just want to oh, yeah. say, like, wow. That's fire. Just like... And then it made me think back to like when me and my oldest son, like I told you, when me and him had the breakthrough, and I was like, I look at his phone, look at his messages, and he'll be saying something like, "Yo, my dad trash" or something like that, right? Like this is now this is after I've been gone for a while. Like he came to live with me when he was like seven, and then he'll come with me for the summers here and there because you know I'd be deployed. I'm going here, I'm going there. Came to live with me when I was Rhode Island. He came for the summer before that. Now he's twelve, going on thirteen. So he turned thirteen, and he still got ass. He got a grudge against me, but the whole thing about having a grudge against me is. You 13, I'm 6'3". This ain't what you want. So keep it to your friends and talk to noise and chat in the background. Hope I don't find out. So I find out about it. So instead of taking the route of, oh, you think you're bad, let me go ahead and bust your ass and show you who the baddest man in this house. I took the route of just talking to him. So I talked to him, and I'm like, yo, Bam Bam, what's uh, what's up? Why you feel this way? This and that. He's like, you left me and my mom. And I'm like, so that's that's, that's where your gripe is with me. I left you and your mother. I ain't leave you and your mother. I'm like, anytime your mother asks me for anything, I make sure she's okay. Your mother called me in the middle of the night and said she got an issue. Got it okay. I love your mother. I still love your mother to this day, and I love you. And I'm going to make sure your mother okay, whether she likes me or not, because of how much I love you. 
right? And that's all based around how much I love you. And he like, but I've been talking bad about you and I've been doing this and that and da 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 And that's when I heard that story, that's when I realized that me telling him that I'm going to love him regardless, mm-hmm. it, my love has nothing to do with unconditional, has nothing to do with how good you are to me. Right. And even how we do a call back to when I was saying, like, you don't know what unconditional love is mm-hmm. until you have the a child, child. until yeah. you have a child. And I told him, my love don't got nothing to do with your love. My love is my love for you, and I'm always going to love you. Right. Whether I like you or not, I'm always going to love you. He's like, well, I don't deserve it, this and that. Why you do that? Because you're my son. Yeah. I love you. I'm always going to love you. I'm always going to be your father. I'm always going to be here for you. Kid broke down crying. We've been back good ever since. Yeah. Like, we've been back good ever since since then. And that was just a breakthrough of, like, that was a step for me instead of just being like, boom, let me beat my chest. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Show that I'm, I'm mighty Joe Young out here and knock some shit over, remind them who and the baddest good. man alive. That is a part of you breaking that um, intergenerational Yeah, but that was trauma, me singing that, that song. Cycle. That was yeah. me singing his song yeah. to remind him, like, let me remind you who you are and let me remind you who I am because that's another thing that happens with the identity. Not only are we reminding you who you are by singing that song, we're reminding you who we are, the people who've been here this whole time. Every time you we sung this song, we all right learned here. this song because we love you. Yeah. We do everything that we do, and we're here right now because we love you. We could throw you out the village and feed your ass to some big four-legged cat that eat people. Mm-hmm. But we're not going to do that because we love you, we value you, and we believe in who you actually are. Mm. And to me, that was like, I don't know, that was just some dope shit that like, it's kind of like how my grandfather always gave me some some dope words, and it popped back to something before. That was the that's like now this is my when my grandkids come around, guess who got some more sauce on these old man stories oh, these days? You know what I'm saying? So that's fire. <laughs> so um to get back to the trauma, I think everybody needs to understand they got the trauma. Yeah. But we didn't all got a lot of us we didn't got our ass whooped. We didn't got drugged, we didn't got our shit pushed in, life been kicking us in the ass. And a lot of times, especially for men, we've been just told to suck it up. And a lot of times for women, especially like, and I can speak. I can speak lightly on this, but even in the black community, a lot of times you don't have a choice but to suck it up. Oh, yeah. Like when you were sucking it up, it wasn't like people like, well, Fox, just suck it up. It is what it is. You're a woman. You got to deal with it. It was like you have no choice because it's like if you fall, who feed them? Yeah, who who there for them? my baby. Now right. it's up. Like, I now have they, time to deal with that. Yeah, now they in the system and this and that. But that whole idea of not having time for it is something yeah. I had to learn. And I didn't learn to in the military with somebody tell you, you finally get a good leader and they tell you. Yeah, they always tell you as a leader, you got to take care of your people, got to take care of your people, got to take care of your people. But if I ain't operating at max capacity, how am I taking care of what what they going to do when I fall? I never knew that. I never knew that. And it's probably too because, like, my family never knew what I was going through and to the capacity, you know, of what I was going Mm -hmm. through it as. So um, they just know, okay, the marriage ended. They may have seen one occurrence, and that was it. But um, the scope of it all was really drastic. And so I think that since um, it does definitely affect how we communicate with our kids, the relationship that we have and what they're going to end up doing, because my my way of getting away from everything was getting away from them, you know, as yeah. well, because I'm working. I'm not there as the mother that they need me to be. And so that's but the same thing. They're going to do everything to provide to all provide, the things right, for them. Right. And, it's, and that goes back to keep right. saying it, but it's the double-edged sword. Of yeah, like, we like, want our kids to have it? everything that we didn't have. But at what some, cost? It's but at cost. what cost? Because yeah. one of the things that we did get, especially like the poor you are, you got to think like, that's why you so tight with your family. Yeah. It's like y'all was poor, y'all grew up. But one thing y'all always had was Together. family. Y'all yep. was always together. To y'all was broke together. together. It didn't matter like if it day. didn't matter if them dudes four houses down the street, they driving the bins, they doing whatever this and that. All of us, oh, we yeah. broke, we love each other, we got each other back. That's what we do. That's right. And that's one of the understanding. So it's it's one of the balances. I had a commanding officer tell me one time, and I was like, yeah, I don't want my kid to be. I was talking about, you know, 
I try to stay on my son. I just wonder like where he's going to get his resiliency and his toughness yeah. from mm-hmm. because he not because like my my um my son they're not growing up like I grew up. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So my son's That's not growing what we up. That's worried cool. about because these kids these days we think like oh, they a little soft. They a little soft. Yeah, yeah, we be thinking they're a little soft, and we get worried about a few things, and um, and we think they're a little soft. But one of the things that um, he was he was from Chicago, and he told me he was like, "Yo, they're gonna grow that. They don't need to have that type of resiliency to deal with it. And you can make it akin to like, you can be tough with everything you do and have resiliency, but you don't need the resiliency of an infantryman because you're not out here on the front line shooting people every day. Oh yeah, right. It's like so you don't need that resiliency of an infantryman. So why am I trying to make them make them hood tough? For yeah, what? And I'm making them hood tough. Not even in the hood. <laughs> I'm making them hood tough. They don't live in the hood so that I could go and yeah. try to raise them to be lawyers, doctors, scientists, and everything like that. But it's like, I want you to be hood tough. Right. No, I need, need you to be, right. I need you to be MIT tough. Yeah. You, because you, you know absolutely. what? You know what? A lot of times what we can't deal with with the hood is like, you, you get cats from the hood and they's tough as nails. You know what I mean? Tough as nails. And can't nobody say nothing to them. But then you put them in a, you put them in a different type of society where they don't have that um, environment where you're a product in your environment. So now you're out of your environment. So now you're out of your environment. So all that toughness that you built up, it ain't tough no more, yeah. right? Like you sit there and look, we, we we done made a whole bunch of turtles. So it's like, oh, you can't get through the shell. Well, guess what? Everybody out here got to lay on their back. So guess what, turtle? We all built all this body armor on the front, and you didn't because you were a turtle, right? So you got this atmosphere where we building them, and we're preparing them for the wrong war. Right, right. And then it reminded me, like, when we go to, like, other schools in the suburbs, we're playing basketball, football, we'll go out there and we'll try and punk them. We're trying to take their heart out. Hey, man. I f you up. I do this and that. I punch you all in your face and do this and that. I'm gonna tell you right now. You'll have you'll scare some of them. Some schools you go to, mm-hmm. and especially man, I remember we went to this uh, <laughs> we went to this uh, white school, all white school, and we played them. And my boy started talking cold cash shit to him. Hey, da 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 da. I do this and that. He was like, No, you won't. And I'm gonna drop thirty on you. F you. Like, you know what I mean? And that, I'm talking about foul and push him down, this and that. He's getting up, clapping off, beating everything. Let's go. Like, he's giving, he ain't playing. But And, that, and that's one of them things to think back to. That kid's tough. Yeah. He's resilient. Would he make it in my hood? No, but he's tough for what he needed Where to be he, tough yeah, for. Yeah. He's tough for what he needed to be tough for. Would he make it hustling and doing all this and with the gangs and all this type of stuff? No. But why do he need to be prepared for gangs when he live in Cedar Rapids, Iowa or something right. like that? You know what I mean? So. How do we get to how do we get people to see that they do have a problem, that this is a part of trauma and a cycle? Because so there was something that I saw on Facebook um, on one of my homeboys um, Facebook page. Shout out to Harry Diesel. What's up? Hey, what up, boy? Yes. So on his Facebook page, he, he posts a lot of different things to get people talking and having these sort of conversations. And one was about a lady who stated that well whether it's trolling or not it doesn't matter the fact is that this is also happening right now to somebody's family so um and i know people who it has happened too so it was basically about this lady who got a six-year-old daughter um said she's she also she also has a man who is a uh pedophile right convicted all that stuff right so he definitely like it ain't it ain't like a question Oh. It's no question. Yeah. Okay. And that was in his past. And so she accepted him for that. She got a six year old daughter, not from him. And yeah. um the six year old daughter says that she feels uncomfortable with him. You know, one time she he offered to wash her, to bathe her or whatever. Um, and the mother feels like the daughter is jealous because she's not with her baby daddy or with the girl's father and she doesn't even know right from wrong how she knows somebody touched her or something like that and the whole thing yeah. was just it just screams and yeah and that's trauma and it the thing about it is trauma. you sit there and you and so the whatever trauma that her mother allowed 
ain't gonna say allowed, but whatever trauma was inflicted on that young lady while growing up, now she's doing her best to block it out, and she's thinking by, like, it's a difference between saying like I forgive and I forget. I forgive a whole lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. But I ain't, I mean, yeah, I forgive a whole lot of stuff, but I ain't forgetting too much of nothing, right? So that's one of the things that she's kind of looking at. Well, I'm going to block all this stuff out, yeah. and I'm going to block all this stuff out. And I don't want to believe it, and I don't want to believe it. And we sit there, and we had that idea, like, oh, I don't believe it. This can't be happening to me. This ain't what it is. And now right. she done built this relationship. And, and I bet if you was to get into that case, if that's a real case, I bet you she's in a situation where her family, she ain't as close with her family as she should be. Probably. Well, probably ain't. She done no. got kind of isolated with this mm-hmm. dude. She done had some bad relationships and trauma with that because of things she's learned yeah. growing up. Up from the, the situation between her mother and father it now that. yeah and now she's with this dude and it's like this is my everything and i want to hold on to this man no matter and what, what what the post so I, also said i don't mean to cut you off but the post also said was i don't want to lose him you know yeah. like lose him. Like, yeah, but at the thing. point it's like that that's the same aspect i make when i tell somebody like don't put me in a situation where i gotta do it right like when I tell people that work for me, work with me and everything like that, like especially like your peers, peer leadership is the hardest thing in the world. And that's the thing we need when you're talking about getting rid of the trauma mm-hmm. is peer leadership. It's not just teaching the kids. It's not just trying to teach our parents something. It's the peer leadership because the hardest people to teach is your peers or right. the hardest people to lead is your peers, right? Peer-to-peer leadership. So one of the things I'd always tell people that I learned is like, if you go do something and you want to go do something that's jacked up, keep it to yourself. Don't put me in a situation where now – I got to put my career on the line because now you're talking about this is the way I feed my family. Mm-hmm. So now you putting now you now you trying to tell me and you put me in a position where it's like, what do you value more, our friendship, or do you value being able to feed your family and everything you've done in your career? So it's like, don't put me in that situation. So, uh, so and I, I just feel it's the same way with that. Like if you love, if, if you're talking about, I don't want to lose him. Well, don't want to be lost, player. Like, don't put your hands on the little girl. Right, like, don't, don't put her in a situation where she got to make a choice like that. Like, as a man, just like um, I was going to say earlier, as a man, that's part of the things that we have to do to lead in a relationship, right? Like, we have to understand, I can't put you in a position where you want to leave. Yeah. Right? And the thing, too, about that whole situation was just the fact that you, you don't want to believe your daughter. You want to hold on to a man because of the stuff inside of you. That's why. Yeah, because whole, you're trying to fill a hole. Yeah, because you're yeah. trying to fill this hole. You're not believing your six-year-old daughter who has no clue about what his sexual preferences were. She don't his even history. Got, She's telling you, Mom, I'm uncomfortable I'm with this man. I'm uncomfortable. You're not listening because yes. you're afraid to lose this man. Who and you going to lose anyway? So many people, to so many people in their family. This is how our women grow up, and they grow up damaged because of things like this, I molestation, mean, and, sexual abuse, same. and also with the little boys too yeah it's the same thing that happened with Absolutely. men because we don't we don't keep the same energy when we talk about like sexual molestation like when it's a the, the old janitor and he screws some 16 year old girl we ready off with his head right? right but then when we um but then when we get into talking about like when we get into talking about the uh a different scenario where we got we got the health teacher and she's a female and she decides to have sex with some 16 year old boy you know most of the dudes were like man she hot so i would have i would have wished that was me and i wish that but what they don't no, understand is that thing. that boy not mentally ready for all that right right so they're not mentally ready for all that we always think like it's even like when we and, and it's that's another toxic thing you even have Boosie on there talking about some yeah he like uh i want to say that he like they said something about he like paid a woman or something like uh had sex or give a son a blowjob or something like that like so come on but How and he'll like son? that's a, I'm I'm talking about like 
eighth grade age, oh like God. eighth ninth grade. So you paid to have that right, and it's like this your right to become a man. He ain't even probably really want that. No, like right. That, you know and what I'm saying? Forcing this to happen. Yeah, you forced that on him. So now you over sexualizing him. So now it's like that's how he looking at the lens of life. Like we oh, don't yeah. let kids allow. We don't allow kids to be kids long enough. And that's what happened when we tell everybody to suck it up. That's what happened when we try to force men to into this like idea of like, oh well, you got to go chase as much ass as you got to. Go ahead right. and give up your life seed. Don't renew your spirit and everything like that. And we push them like that. We tell these women to do this. This the only time you're valuable is if you're giving them some ass. And we mm-hmm. do all these things to them. And the best thing that we could do is really like the fact that the matter is you got to set the example, right? Like now we go back to the fleas where it's like. What's better than telling the flea, like, if you ever get out of here, you can do this and that is, no, I got to jump 48 inches, even if I got to hit myself in the head to show you that we could do this. Right. And if you ever get out of here, this is your potential. And we and that's, like, the things we owe to the kids. We owe it to our kids to be better, right? Like, all the other things we can say we do, oh, well, I bought my kids all this stuff. All that materialistic shit is like, gone. So what? Like, think of all the shit that you worked your ass off to get before, let's say, let's say, Within the last, not not counting the last, like, two years. Let's talk about all the stuff that you did, and it wasn't even, like, it wasn't even worth it. You don't even got nothing to show for all of that stuff, right? You don't have nothing to show. You still don't have that. That car that you, that car that you spent all that money to buy, that you was like, oh, yeah, this is a great idea. I'm going to buy this car, and I'm going to work extra hard, and I'm going to work this extra shift. I'm going to work this extra shift to buy this car. All of that stuff, that car gone. Like, that car gone, that uh, that life gone, everything else, so... But the thing is, it's like all them times, like even think about all the things you bought the girls. Mm-hmm. You bought them all the stuff. You bought them clothes. You bought them stuff to draw. All this other, all that stuff gone now. They didn't outgrow all that stuff. You know what they ain't outgrow? Yeah. Those memories of when you two used to take them everywhere. Everywhere. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know what, you know what memories my son, my son don't got the memories of like, oh, I bought, like, I gave you the, my Jordan ones out my collection. Mm-hmm. Or I did this and that. My oldest son don't got that. The memories he got is, like, when I drove him to every game and I was there coaching him in AAU basketball, right. coaching him in football, coaching Kane, you know what I mean, coaching Bam Bam, you know what I mean, when I was doing that. That's the memories that they have and that they hold on to, and that's the stuff that they know to bring to their next kid. And that's what means more. And we just got to realize what it is with trauma. And it's such a deep hole to get into. Yeah, we could probably go on for the next three days just talking oh about God, trauma, yes. right? But And the different types of trauma, too. Like, it's just. Yeah, like the different types so of traumas many. and just the way that it. And, like, I think the biggest thing that we could probably, probably do with trauma is identify it and what triggers it. Like, I think that's the first step, right? To be able to identify the trigger, right? Like, if you got abandonment issues because your mom left or your dad left or somebody left, it's like. It's going to ooze over into your relationships. It's going to ooze over into the things you do. So the best possible thing you can do is identify it so that when it happens, it go. Like, for instance, I got a temper. And you know, like, you didn't, You never seen me, like, really blow my top to the point where I'm losing my mind or something right. like that. But you didn't see me get upset. And, and I have tested him because coming from domestic violence, I want to know yeah. what you do when you get mad. Shit up here. Like, let I me, need to know let if you're going to knock all my block you going to. Cause I'm or telling you, don't you love me. Like, I tell I you, I was know. about almost done at one point. Like, yo, you trying me this and that? I can't do this. And she like, baby, I only really wanted to know if you was gonna hit me, if you was gonna do it. I needed to know how what person you are when you turn green. Pretty much, like when you turn into the Hulk, are you swinging at me or are you just gonna go bash some stuff? You gonna walk out? You gonna leave? What you gonna do? Right? Like, I need to know how you gonna operate. And I get that, but knowing your trauma and knowing what triggers it allows people one allows people not to gaslight you. Because a lot of people, a lot of times people going to gaslight you and try to make you seem like you're crazy. And then that causes you to have a misconception of like what you're doing logically versus everything else, right? So you'll have those issues. But 
the biggest thing is just being able to identify, right? Identifying, like, this is my trauma, right? Like, my trauma is people leaving me. My trauma is abuse. My trauma is, like, when, like, for instance, you in a, uh, uh, if you was in a relationship with domestic violence, if I talk with my hands, that might be the triggering thing for you. Yeah, that's going to be a triggering yeah. thing for me. So, like, what, one of these going to land on my face or what? Yeah, one like, of, so that's why, like, I knew that that was one of your traumas. So when I talk to you, I'll move, I might move my shoulders and everything, mm-hmm. but I keep my hands together mm-hmm. or I keep my hands at my or side. close to you. you keep I keep my hands to close you. to you. you don't. I don't have my hands out. Like when I talk to other people, the hands out, I'm clapping, woo, woo, woo. We doing it. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? But I know talking to you, I have to like watch that behavior, even when I'm upset because I know that that's triggering to you. And then for you, you're going to be like, all right, this is what we're doing. Push the issue. So now you're like, all right, well, I'm in fight or flight mode. I can't run, so we about to do this, we're right? So now fight. I'm just going to make the situation turn worse. The turn the moment. Yeah, now I'm getting hot grits in my ears, something like that, right? <laughs> but, I mean, it's, it's just a crazy – we can go so many different directions and so many things. But I think the biggest thing is to we learn have to what your traumas see. is. Yeah, and break the cycle. Learn what your trauma is and break the cycle because you owe it to anybody who ever did anything for you. Everybody always want to be the rapper who say, my teacher said I wasn't going to be shit. My mama said this. Look my daddy me left me. This and that. Look at me now. This. No. We all got trauma. We all jacked up. Every Ain't nobody perfect. The thing is to identify what it is and learn what triggers it. Start there and then think about getting a therapist because if you work out, if you do anything, you eat healthy, you work out, it's the same thing. It's just working out your brain when it comes down to therapy. So I ain't saying nothing about it. Ain't nothing weak about me. Anybody who know me, ain't nobody about to tell you right now who know me. Ain't nothing soft about me. And I will 100% back anybody going to therapy or do it myself when I need it, right? It's just like going to the gym. I ain't going to argue when you put when you get on the bench and throw the ball up. I ain't going to argue when you lay on lay down on the bench and throw up your whole story to your therapist. Right. And they do have free online therapies um, you guys can do if you don't feel like being out there or I don't want anybody to see me go into a therapist's office. Okay. We in the age of Corona. Okay. <laughs> in the age of internet, all of that. They have online therapy sessions. You don't have to leave your home. You don't have to do anything like that. Just Google. All you have to do is Google. So many of them will come up. And it's funny how people don't want to see you go into a therapist's office, but we're going to watch you walk into Planned Parenthood and get an abortion. Mm-hmm. Or go ahead and get some pills and get swabbed for the STD. Mm-hmm. We're going to watch you go into the club, throw your rent money away, and then try to put a PPP loan in to get the shit paid or something like that. So we're going to watch you do all this other wild <laughs> shit. Yeah. So how about you do something that if, if somebody going if somebody gonna pick on you or call you soft or something like that because you want to get a little help and do better, that's like somebody picking on you. Like, oh, you're going to go work out again? That's soft. <laughs> You gonna mm-hmm. do that? No. So do what you got to do, right? Like and stand on your own too. Everybody who keeps screaming, I don't care, I don't care, I don't care. You always know that's the person that care the most. Yeah. They just trying to sell them, sell. They don't trying to sell themselves. They on snake oil and say I don't care, I don't care. Yeah. Get the get Please, the um, people get the help try that you need to break the cycle. We right. have to try to break the cycle, not just as a specific culture. Period. Because we all have our own shit, especially in our community, yeah. the African American community. But just as people, period, man, woman, child, we have to break the cycle. Yeah, we all live. We all living with that. So, you know I mean, we just gotta do better. So, if you, I mean, you could Google it. You could do the research. You spend all that time on your cell phone right now. You're probably on your cell phone right now listening to this podcast. It's all audio. Feel free to flip <laughs> up a screen. You know what I'm saying, and go look for something that you need, and just find out. Like, yo, with therapy, you know, find a therapist. And therapist, just like anything else, you got to find somebody that work. But you do that now. After we've been pretty heavy into pretty it, right? heavy. We've been pretty, pretty heavy, heavy into babe. it. Gun to your head, Fox. 
<laughs> click, you click, a, boom. You gotta get a sound effect for we that. We gonna get a sound and put it on the soundboard. You know One day we remember you got the worst tech guy in the business, <laughs> Mister. I didn't even know what the processor Listen, was before we started this. We podcast. doing all this ourselves. But we back, homegrown. We, we getting That's it done. That's right. Fox, gun to your oh head. Oh my God! Wait, first, wait. Let me just prep the people, right? So we all know what gun to the head is from our last podcast. But I knew what that question was going to be. So now he's decided to shoot these questions to me. I have no clue what they're going to be. Yep. I don't know. <laughs> so please excuse me if I'm uh, stumbling across the words, which I do because I drink a little bit. So. A trip and fall. But no, I don't know what he's going to ask, though. Don't even be over here <laughs> looking at the phone trying to hope you can see the font. Beat it. Excuse my reaction. Nah. I'm sorry earlier if I was all fumbling um, 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 because when I talk about domestic violence, it's something that hits heavy to me. So I was kind of nervous and a little bit shaky. So yeah, thank you for bearing it, through that with me. And it's hard to expose yourself, especially it when it's just up here like, this is something that I kept close to chest and now I'm who knows exposing who gonna pieces, hit this? little yeah, bits, bits and, and pieces, bits. right? So, yeah, yeah that, no, that's hard. And, and he it, could possibly hear it and be like, yo, you know what I'm saying? But, hey, it is what it is. Speaking of It's clicks. our story, you know? So. Yeah, it's the story. It's the truth, right? Yeah, it's the truth. So, Fox, gun in your head. Yes. Jeez. So, would you rather be incredibly, incredibly beautiful and incredibly stupid or very ugly and super intelligent? Don't want to be beautiful and stupid. Everybody wants to be beautiful. Um, you're old, pretty dumbass. <laughs> you're pretty dumb. You you're know, pr- you're pretty fucking dumb. <laughs> and um, or ugly and brilliant. I'm gonna go with ugly and brilliant. I'm one thousand percent go know ugly why? and brilliant. Why? Because it's like you said, Jay Z say, ain't no such thing as an ugly billionaire. I'm I'm gonna put it with. Big so if I'm that brilliant, then I'm sure I can make monties. I'm gonna put it like that. He's gonna make me that's look what I was fly. Thinking. That's what I was thinking about it. Like I'd rather be brilliant and ugly because, I mean, I I ain't no motherfucking showstopper to begin with. So you gonna raise my double my IQ? I'm in there. And really, at the end of the day, that that brilliance, I can make some money, right? Like I'm looking at it the same way you're looking at it. And two, I would say like people don't like that that um, being rich and being beautiful thing only apply to men. But I'm gonna tell you right now. I don't care what nobody think about Oprah, but I'm telling you right now, Oprah look at me wrong. If Oprah give me that, like, hey, what you doing? You trying to get with a cougar? I am a knocking the bottom out. Look, I ain't got nothing to knock the bottom out with, but I will knock her bottom out too. I'm telling you right. <laughs> I'm telling you right now. I'm telling you right now. I'm riding. That's with, it. I'm riding with Oprah. Like, we going everywhere. for how much? Indecent proposal? What? I'm telling you right. <laughs> Excuse me. I'm telling you right now. If like, I, if I get a chance to hit Oprah, one, one, I'm going out there. I'm stretching. I'm drinking about a gallon of water. I'm bringing the A game of all A games. I'm talking about. I'm unleashing every move I ever learned in my adult sexual life, and I'm giving Oprah the business. On top of that, I'm get, I'm trying to knock up. For, try. I'm gonna try and knock up for the culture. I need to take you know care of baby. And then, and that's, that's fine. Toxic yeah. thinking. It's it's rich toxic thinking. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Think about Jeff Bezos. So Jeff Bezos. Oh, that's your boo thing. Yeah, let's think. Hey, call it what you want. The, the price right, right? The, the gun in my head. Yeah, that ain't enough. But you start talking about enough money when my life gets better afterwards. Yeah, but it Jeff Bezos. The Jeff Bezos, his say? old lady. Yeah, Jeff Bezos, his old lady went and married like a teacher. Or she went and got with a teacher who his job is pretty much to give all her money away like it's going to be charity because he took like 
She took like a ridiculous amount of money from him. So just imagine that dude over here, he went to go be a teacher, and now he about to go find ways to spend his money, this and that. Let me tell you something. Let Jeff Bezos, his ex-wife, had a slid high ass through Jacksonville International. <laughs> hey, hey. I'm talking about I'm coming up. Hey, hit it with the eyebrow lick. Hey, girl. Let me highlight you. You know what I'm saying? I can deliver better than Amazon, baby. Let me talk to you. Hey. You know what I'm saying? I'm about to slide up in every DM she got, right? Get Make a work. bitch come faster than Amazon Prime. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> that work got to get put in. So anyway, this podcast is brought to you by Legendary Operations and Tactical Supply. Call us for premier firearms instruction and education. NRA and USCCA certified. Visit us at legendaryoperations.com. Also brought to you by Cloverfields Lifestyle and More, providing the best quality CBD edibles, creams, and oils for humans and pets. Visit www.cloverfieldstore.com for more information. And Man's Tractor and Fence, servicing the Southeast Georgia area for all your residential, agricultural, and fencing needs. That's Man's Tractor and Fence with two ends. You can visit them at Man's Tractor and Fence at Facebook.com. Hey, you all. So we've talked quite a bit about some sensitive subjects today, uh, one of them being abuse. So if you or anyone you know are experiencing or you suspect abuse, please dial the abuse hotline at one 800 962 2873. That is 1-800-962-ABUSE. And also, we've discussed domestic violence today. So if you or someone you know is frightened about something in your relationship, please call the National Domestic Violence Hotline at 1-800-799-7233. That is 1-800-799-SAFE. Yay. Well, baby, another one in the books. That's right. That's right. Episode five. Rolling. Thank you guys for all your outpouring of support. You're listening. You're following us, sharing the information as well. We really appreciate that. All the comments, the feedback that we've been getting. If you have anything you want us to talk about or touch on, reach us at askunclelegend at gmail.com. Yeah, and um, we might even start a rebuttal piece. We might just start recording one. If you got an issue with it, we can talk about it. And we can go ahead and put that out for a podcast too for entertainment if you don't mind. So. That's right. Thank you again for your support. Peace. Peace.